Welcome, screensavers. I'm Michael Gallup. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sutkus. Together, we host the Silver Screensavers podcast, and today we are talking about Creed Three, the third round of the Rocky reboot franchise. And this one is the directorial debut of its star, Michael B. Jordan. I was quite excited for this one. Here's what it's about. Adonis Creed is now a retired boxer. He's turned a fight promoter. He's a family man. But when a man from deep in his past shows up looking for a title shot, Creed might be forced back into the past and back into the ring. Like I just said, this is directed by Michael B. Jordan. This is written by Keenan Kugler and Zach Balin, who wrote King Richard, which is a movie that I really, really liked. He's a very good writer. So, Matt, why don't you tell us what you thought of Creed Three? I liked it quite a bit. Um, definitely the best Creed movie since the first one. Not that there's been that many, but you, you get what I mean. Um, yeah. I, I thought the narrative was pretty solid. I mean, it, it's about as formulaic as the rest of the Rocky movies, but it's fine. Um, I really like the adjustment that they did with the fight choreography. I thought it was very fresh and very interesting. I thought Michael B. Jordan was fantastic. I thought Jonathan Majors, <clears throat> Jonathan Majors was fantastic. Um, we got I, we got one of the best, I, I think the best sports commentator cameo of the Creed <laughs> franchise so far. Well, we'll get to it. I don't know if it's the the best one. It was my the favorite. most entertaining one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say my favorite. How about that? My yeah. Um, yeah, it was solid. There's really not a whole lot that I could complain about. I did think it went on a little long. It felt a little long, but beyond that, I don't really have any major complaints. Tyler, what did you think? So I genuinely enjoyed this movie. I'm a big fan of the Rocky films, so, like, this one I wasn't that excited for just because, you know, Rocky wasn't making an appearance. That was all the big news and everything. So I was like, whatever. I mean, we'll, I'll see it, obviously, but, you know, like, I'm not that excited for it. But I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, I really liked it a lot. I thought that it was good for this franchise to finally get out from under the shadow of Rocky. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I liked that it was kind of a standalone story and wasn't just because the second one got goofy as hell with everyone being the son of the characters from the original. Yeah, I'm like this, yeah. we've seen this movie. You can't just make everyone the son of. There was the people the, who already did. This. There was the the android character that was the son of Polly and the robot. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been an incredible game. Yeah, I, mean, I would have I would have hooted and hollered. I did holler at my boy though, Stephen A, who stole the show. <laughs> Stephen A was good at playing himself. um but yeah i i think it it it, i'm glad they got a chance to kind of step out from rocky and kind of stop rehashing what they did i like this franchise of creed even though it commits the sins of what i hate and that's just rehashing the nostalgia and that's all they did because they're like everyone's the son of every character ever and every character you see is gonna have a connection to someone else and i'm like okay that doesn't seem realistic yeah (laughs) but this one really had a more self-contained story like Rocky, I don't even remember. I don't think he was mentioned even, unless I'm mistaken. no, I, not that I can recall. Yeah, so they they completely removed him from it, and it's it was still a good movie as a result. Uh, I thought, like you said, Matt uh, Michael B. Jordan, phenomenal. Jonathan Majors was really good. I'm glad to kind of get a movie that I liked for him to be in because I like Jonathan <laughs> Majors. But the last two I saw with him were. Ant Man and the Wasp, which I hated. Uh, go listen to our review for my full thoughts on that. 
And then The Harder They Fall, which I much better opinion of than Ant-Man, but I was not a huge fan of that. That was a disappointment to me. Um, so I'm glad to finally see one where, like, I really liked him and I liked the movie, so that was kind of cool to see. I, I was impressed with Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Um, I thought it was kind of, like, stacked against him to give him, like, the third movie of a franchise. But I thought he was very competent, um, did quite well. The fight choreography, like you mentioned, Matt, was pretty cool. Um, genuinely engaging. So it was, I mean, we've seen like six of these movies by now and it still kept me engaged. So props to them. It's almost like the timing of Sylvester Stallone's feud with the producers kind of worked for Michael B. Jordan because then it's like he has this chance to get out of the Rocky stuff and make his own story. I thought he did a really good job. I, I, I really like this movie. I think it's very good. The story is very compelling, almost a little too compelling for one film to handle like i thought they went in a really interesting direction and then maybe like didn't fully capitalize on what was interesting about the story that they were telling the conflict is quite complex and like i said i don't know if the complexity is like given complete room to unfold itself all the way but make no mistake i'm very very positive on this movie like you guys said good invention and in directing the fight sequences those especially for me they can get very stale movie to movie you know we see the same boxing stuff over and over but this kept it fresh and i thought it was particularly good at highlighting different fighting styles that each boxer had it's also one of the first movies in a while that that made boxing visceral again for me you know you kind of get desensitized to this stuff but during this one, certain details that Jordan included maybe go, oh, like, that's nasty, which, because it is. In real life, it's nasty. It's a very enjoyable movie that I think is a bit mixed in the execution of some of its elements. I would definitely, definitely recommend it if you're at all interested in boxing or sports movies, or even if that's not of particular interest to you, I definitely recommend this movie. Michael B. Jordan is very good. As Adonis Creed, he has been throughout these movies. Tyler, it's funny that you mentioned the greatest sin of these movies. I think that... So, the first Creed, I don't think does this. I think the first Creed is the best of the films. It was such a rejuvenation. It was so awesome. But I think the second, and even this film, and we can talk more specific a little bit later... The biggest sin for me is making Creed fight when he doesn't actually have to fight. Like, there's always, like, some reason that he has to fight. And I, like, never totally buy the reason, but you know that he has to because it's a boxing movie. <laughs> it's almost like the movie's hurt by being a boxing movie, but, like, it wouldn't exist <laughs> if it wasn't a box. Like, am I making sense or is this totally stupid? I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm just imagining a cut of the film where he's challenged <laughs> to a fight and he's like, no, thank you, and the credits just start rolling. <laughs> <laughs> That would be, or he like starts a dance fight in the middle of the ring, and it turns out it's it's, it's you got served. <laughs> yeah, he's very good. Tessa Thompson as Bianca, I've liked her in all these movies, and especially in this movie, I really like. So she is a singer, and she has a degenerative uh, ear uh, condition where she's slowly losing her hearing. She got a great story in this movie about how she kind of came to a point where she had lost so much hearing that if she kept on performing at the same level she was, she was going to lose it all. 
And so she made the choice kind of to step back and kind of mainly become a producer of artists now. And so she's writing music and making it, but it's, you know, it's really, it's not the same thing always when you, you can't belt it out yourself. It's not always the same form of expression. I really like that. I think, I don't know, like Bianca's always been a good character. And I think Tessa Thompson is such a good actress that she almost like distracts from the fact a little that the character has always been like a little underwritten right like i know the movie is called creed and it's about creed and all this stuff but like and and she's certainly not a nothing character but like i've always wanted like a little bit more from her but again maybe it's just because i'm not always interested in the boxing in the boxing movie so (laughs) (laughs) i didn't come to this boxing movie for boxing I, I just thought that was such a great potential for story, and they do dive Give into it a little bit. Give me more of her music career. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, uh, this jo- isn't a Star is Born? <laughs> no, uh, come on, make it a Star is Born. <laughs> I want Imagine this. if Shallow just started playing during the final <laughs> <laughs> I want this boxing movie to have more singing, goddammit. I do, come on. <laughs> I would love... Oh, that would be incredible. We need more... Last year was weak, weak for musicals after 21 was so good. Come on, bring back the musical. All right, Jonathan Majors playing Damien, Diamond Dame Anderson here, who is a former boxing prodigy who used to be Donnie's friend when he was young and then spent 18 years in prison. He's very good in this. He... I liked him because he wasn't just being Jonathan Majors. He Dame had this like nervous, determined energy to him the whole time. Like he was very good in when they did that that fake Showtime sports clip, and he was getting interviewed, and you can tell he's like you know bouncing a little bit. He has this like uncontainable, restless energy. Thought he was very good, and then he just like overwhelms the movie with his power. Uh, I, the mix of his performance with the way that Jordan shoots this made his style really distinct. And I really like that. It kept it from being stale. Yeah. It really showcased like the brutality of his moves. And I thought that was really cool because like you said, boxing kind of has become desensitized. I've seen people get punched in the face enough times. So it was interesting that he got a way to kind of um, differentiate the different fighters, which is cool. Quick, quick, quick digression. Just thumbs up or thumbs down on Jake Gyllenhaal is a former UFC fighter in the new Roadhouse movie. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I'm, I, I'm here yeah, for it. I, I gotta see it. I am too. I love the original Roadhouse, so I don't know how this is gonna go. The um, most bizarre movie ever. Like, I remember the first time I watched it, I'm like, Jesus, this is a violent film. I had no idea. The most outrageous villain. But, it's like, so indicative of what... Yeah, I... We could have the Roadhouse conversation when that movie comes out, but I'm curious as to what the 2023 Roadhouse movie looks like. I can't wait for him to walk into the Roadhouse and order a beer, so they slide him a beer, and he goes, this doesn't have any alcohol in it. <laughs> and it's a zero-alcohol Heineken. Yeah, that, that'll I, be incredible. I, I Guys, I just want to mention Wood Harris as Duke, who has just been an incredibly reliable, awesome presence in this. You know, Wood Harris has been... 
incredible few years. Paid in full. Remember the Titans. Blade Runner 2049. He saw him on the wider. I, I just, I've always really liked him as a performer. And he's been very, very good in these movies. And I'm, I'm glad that he was not gone as, as Rocky is. I'm assuming, I don't know, is Rocky still like with his son visiting his move in with his son or is he just chilling out in philly needing i'm I'm assuming he's living with his son because that's a good ending for that character so it'd be that's just kind of what i thought yeah Yeah, that makes sense uh felicia rashad again good as marianne cree so i've always liked her character in these movies and i think this was the entry where she was the weak and i don't mean her performance i mean just like her character was like given the weakest execution and the weakest arc unfortunately uh we'll get to that in a few minutes and then i blew me away myla davis kent as daughter amara thought she was great in this loved her and i think she could be uh, you know i don't want to talk future of the franchise right this second but (laughs) love to see her in the future creed jr (laughs) baby creed baby Baby creed Creed. yeah (laughs) it's just it's just the musician creed he's gonna give her a talk talk. don't ever let him call you baby creed (laughs) nobody puts baby creed in the corner (laughs) swayze's all over this episode Did the uh, did the flashback work for you guys when we get Donnie's childhood with Dame running around and that kind of thing? Did that work for you guys? It was fine. I thought it was fine. Yeah, it was a little. I, I was a little. Well, obviously, until it's supposed to be confusing until they fill in the whole context. But I, I, I'm not a huge fan of that in movies. Often, where they just show something and then don't explain it for the longest time. I get it. I get the narrative decision behind it. It's just not for me. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think it's been done very well. Like, we talked about Shyamalan using it in Signs, which I think is one of the best examples of that kind of thing. I don't always like it, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean it here, but sometimes it just feels like a gimmick. Yeah. Like, I, and that kind a of thing. A lot of times. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, a lot of times it feels unnecessary. So, like, you're just doing it for no reason, honestly. Like, if they didn't do it, would the impact of the moment been less? No. Yeah, I agree. Plus, I, you know, there's so much talk of, like, hooks and, you know, pacing and maintaining attention. And if you guys ever look into this stuff, it's just, like, annoying because I feel like, and again, not this movie, but just in general with this kind of thing, I feel like we're sometimes working under the assumption that like audiences are so dumb that if you don't like give them a mystery to solve that like they're yeah. not going to keep watching. I agree. And I, I could be completely off base there, but that kind of thing annoys me. I did like it here because this is a movie about kind of letting go of the past and that kind of recurring of the flashbacks it works thematically at least because it's like you know you have all these memories stored in your head and whether or not you like it they just kind of keep popping up and popping up and popping up you know what i mean so i I liked it for that so you we've talked about it a little bit the absence of rocky and the legacy of this movie we said this one more than the other two is completely its own thing there is no Rocky. There are mentions of the legacy. And I thought, I like this little dynamic where, you know, Dame gets out of prison 
and he wants to fight this this excellent fighter in the gym, Felix. And it's just like Apollo and Rocky, right? Rocky was, uh, you know, he was a nobody, and then he got a title shot against this big champion, and that's what Dane wants to do. I like that little parallel. Again, without without going too much into it, because if they had mentioned, like, even one more time comparing Donnie to Apollo, like, ah, just like your dad, just like your dad, enough, <laughs> enough. I get it. He's his son. I understand. <laughs> Wait, you're saying Adonis Creed is Apollo Creed's son? Yes, that, the movie is, the is called Creed. Oh, oh, so Creed like like from the original Rocky movies. Yes. Oh, oh like the office character. <laughs> yeah. Creed Bratton. Creed Bratton, yeah. He's the son of Creed Bratton. <laughs> So I appreciated that this one like strayed from that because it works yeah. very well in the first one, and then in the second one it's I, it's ridiculous. Do you like the second one, Tyler? I like the second one. I think it's a goofy as hell movie, but I think it's a fun movie that I enjoyed. I think it's ridiculous that like oh he's the son of Apollo, so he's got to take on the son of Ivan Drago, so he's got to recruit the son of their trainer yeah so spoiler, it, like, spoilers just... for creed 2 i guess i that's, that's just general yeah. plot narrative yeah. it's okay yeah, exactly it's not really spoilers yeah but yeah it just kind of got a little ridiculous with the connection and it just felt like a complete rehash of the rocky films so i agree i think creed 2 is still good it's not bad it's definitely the weakest of the films i think again good movie and i it is pretty much like Rocky Four rehash, but I did like they developed the Drago family, right? Ivan Drago and now Victor, and kind of like as this, he is boxing because his shame has been brought upon his family. It's it's implied that his mother left because of some things like this. So they do some things to build the character. My main issue with the movie is that I. I don't really know why Creed fights in the end. He's just kind of like, he fights Drago in the beginning. All right, so this is a minor spoiler. He fights Drago in the middle, and then he's like, oh, I didn't do it for the right reasons. And then, like, I never know what the right reason is, and then he just fights him again. He's like, I did it for the right reason this time. And I'm like, (laughs) did you? Okay. (laughs) And, you know, we're going to get into spoilers for Creed 3 right now, so spoilers... I had kind of a similar issue with this movie. Not as bad, but still a little bit. I just want to talk first about the first take scene. So, in the first one, we get Mike and Tony from PTI, and they did excellent. I love those guys so much. In the second one, Max Kellerman is pretty much the third star of that movie. Max is all over the movie. and And Max Kellerman is awful. Terrible at his job, and he shouldn't be doing it. I have nothing what... against Max Kellerman. <laughs> and then we get the other half of First Take in this movie with Stephen A. And I thought Stephen A. did a very good job of playing himself, but... <laughs> how... Hey, it's no Beyonce! <laughs> yeah. All right. let's, let's not start that. <laughs> how what, if would... had, what if he had gone up to Bianca and said that? <laughs> <laughs> You're good. you know Beyonce. <laughs> 
<laughs> just during the fight. During the fight. <laughs> How did Dame just call into the show? And have to go through in two seconds. <laughs> Who did he call on his phone? He called Stephen A himself. But Stephen A like was in his earpiece, and he's like, "Oh, we're getting a call." <laughs> he's just getting phone calls directly. Like if it's the heavyweight champion of the world, like okay, but like you don't set that up after a break or something like that. We're getting a call. Oh, it's my mom. (laughs) Mom, I'm working. Like that scene, we were already psyched because we love Stephen A. But then it it just went into like Ridiculousville. (laughs) I was in the theater, just in a crowd of strangers. And I was like, that's my ball. (laughs) (laughs) And, and And the fact that... After the phone call, I, that just like ended the whole interview. After that, yeah, it's... <laughs> like, like, like oh, no, we don't need to finish this interview. Yeah, we're well, done. Donnie just like takes <laughs> out the mic. No producers like, no, 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 we're not done. <laughs> what, what more could be said after that? Yeah, uh, there was a person with a, a Cowboys jersey in our theater who got kicked out during that scene. Stephen A. wouldn't allow it, so. <laughs> He just stopped and talked. He's like, "You and the Cowboys, just, yeah. you're not allowed." It was, it was like in the game when the David Fincher movie when he starts talking to the audience. <laughs> All right, so, uh, I'm so that's kind of in the middle of the movie. I want to go back to the school scene when we're looking at Amara's school and the girl like rips up her drawing and then she just like nails her in the face. <laughs> You know, interesting conflict between between Donnie, excuse me, and Bianca about what do you teach your daughter, what's the right thing to do, and then that whole thread was pretty much dropped, like didn't come up again <laughs> yeah, to the rest no, of the movie. No, the the right thing is to fight. They established that. No, that's how you get the fire starter. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> like it was. If anything, it was kind of just using Amara's conflict, like, to talk about Donnie's internal struggle. Um, I don't know. That was just kind of one thing about it. Uh, the I just have one question about... So when they're fighting in their kitchen about what to do with the daughter and all this stuff, and they're, I'm assuming their chef was just preparing a meal, what's the professional protocol when your employers are fighting right next to you. I think you just have to chime in with your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I think? Because I'm not going to lie. I've had much experience with being next to fighting couples that I was supposed to like be socializing or interacting with. I still don't know what to do. I, I don't think you should have yelled at Eddie. Yeah. I... <laughs> Also, just to any couples who I might be with, like, please stop it. Please you're just, like, to, wait till you go home. You're supposed to do the Jurassic World thing where he, like, gets between him and goes, shh. <laughs> <laughs> like, starts waving him down. Like he's taming a raptor. Please don't bring it up. 
All right, another scene I like, Dane talking to Bianca at the party, right? When he is kind of talking about, does it hurt you when somebody else is singing the song that you created? Again, we're getting a little bit of Bianca story. We're getting to know Dame more. And Dame, you know, if you can call him a villain or just an antagonist, maybe without being a full-on villain, thought he was great because, like, you know, a person who you can understand, he's like... He had a ticket with his boxing skills back in the day, and then, you know, some things happened, and he had to go away, and then, you know, you think your shot is over, so I can understand his his drive and all that kind of stuff, so I thought he was a very, very good character, um, as opposed to, you know, just kind of cardboard cutout punching bag for Donnie. The Drago attack at that party, where Victor... How was he injured? It all happened like very fast. I, I know there was like I think some he got sort hit of with hit. Like a pipe or something or some kind of object. Yeah, by Tanya Harding him. I Tanya is a great movie. Go watch that. Yeah, that happened very fast. Like I got what was happening, but I don't remember exactly how he got hit. I did like how they um they included him in this movie. I thought that was pretty cool. So when Dane finally gets the chance for the belt and he fights Felix. I thought this was far and away the most exciting part of the movie, especially visually, right? De- getting different kinds of angles, right? Different kind of like ways that Dame is breaking the rules without, without like out and out being a total loose cannon or whatever. It was very effective at making things seem like they were out of control, which leads to. You know- you know who'd be good at making it seem out of control? Who? Michael Bay flying a drone overhead. And <laughs> You're like, I don't know who's punching who. Yeah. Just just a circle around the two characters as they're boxing just constantly. The drone just <laughs> bouncing off the box. <laughs> this leads to... Michael Bay should have done this. <laughs> Uh, hard disagree with that. I'm glad Michael B. Jordan got to do this. Michael B. stands for Michael Bay. <laughs> Michael Bay Jordan. <laughs> um, this all leads to something that I didn't quite understand, which was Dame's partying after he wins the belt. Donnie approaches him. And I, I don't again, I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but Dame was like, Oh, I got the belt, but I'm coming for it all. Oh and yeah. What does that mean? Like He's is coming for a bigger belt. <laughs> like I was picturing like Talladega Nights where Donnie comes home <laughs> one night and like Dame is now just like the man of his house. Yeah. And he's he's Amara's dad and he's Bianca's <laughs> husband. And I'm like like I don't what more can he do at this point? That's what I didn't get. His his entire goal is just to get a belt that holds up his pants and he's like, These belts are too big. Yeah. <laughs> I need a smaller belt. Like I just like why did it's like he just became the heavyweight champion. Why does his success have to mean Donnie's downfall? Why can't they just both be successful? Well, I think it's because the way he sees it, he feels like, you know, he kind of took the rap for Donnie, more or less. Yes, this is true. So, I feel like he has that kind of animosity that, like, because, you know, because he's, up until the end, he kind of 
held the viewpoint that that Donnie just ran away from the conflict while he took the rap, and he's getting all this success. I I just want to cut in and just say, how do you hold a grudge for eighteen years? I don't care how bad it is. I don't think I've held a grudge for more than like an hour. I mean, he I'm was like, yeah, well, it's not where he was. He was in, in, he was in, in prison jail. that whole time. I don't care. <laughs> I was in prison for eighteen years for showing a gun. He had priors. Yeah. Still, still, uh, I feel like prison. I'd be like, yeah, I forgot why I'm in here. <laughs> Eighteen years late. I'm gonna assume it was pretty bad for him. Yeah. I, I just like don't. Okay, like Matt, everything you said is a hundred percent accurate. What's the plan? Is what I what I didn't understand. Is he gonna no, like find that. the deed to his house and be like, "Ha ha, your house is mine now." Well, that's well, that's what I was thinking. You know, he's gonna move in next door and just start playing his music real oh, loud. Oh, wait. So no, it's gonna. So Creed is gonna turn into the new Cape Fear. <laughs> there we the go. The goal was that when he beats Creed in a fight, Creed just becomes poor because of it. They just take his money away. Yeah, <laughs> you don't deserve this money. We just drained your bank account. Because, like, later when, in a very good scene when Donnie and Bianca are talking and he's, they're, they're talking about their feeling and she's sharing and he's sharing. I thought that was very good. But then he's like, he's not going to stop. And she's like, then you have to make him. What? <laughs> he's just trying to challenge you to a fight. That's pretty easy to avoid. <laughs> You're a retired boxer. <laughs> I I th- that I just yeah, you're making did it like sound like that, John but... Wick and the guy's blowing up your house. <laughs> yeah, I, maybe, I mean, maybe I just missed something. Maybe they were just talking about like his loose cannon ways. That's what. Yeah, you maybe know, he like was just trying champion, to suppress his anger. I don't know. You know. Someone challenges him, and if he keeps, you know, playing loose with the rules, he's just gonna start hurting people. He's a you bad can't boy. The rules just because <laughs> you don't like how I'm doing. <laughs> Maybe, maybe that's what he meant. You're, I, it was, you're it saying was... we can box. I'm elbowing <laughs> these guys in the face, and you're getting mad. I certainly don't want anyone to have the worst day in the ring. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. It might be he like he was trying to suppress his his grudge, his you know his his fiery hatred. Um, it was just again, it was like with the second one. I'm like. They're just kind of inventing a reason for Donnie to box. No, I I, I see what you're saying, but I yeah. I mean I think it do, it sounds like this one does a better job of it at least. Than... Oh, this one definitely does a better job. Yeah. Um. Do you think like the when he originally thought it, he was like the movie materials are gonna show that Jonathan Majors is the villain because they kind of tried to be like, is he friendly? <laughs> I'm like, I already know what happens. I've seen the trailer. <laughs> yeah i that's a good point i don't know i again very very good movie you know and then we get stuff with uh the letters with marianne his mom hiding dame's letters from him which i i thought was good because it it fit with this theme of having to forgive things that you'll never be able to change right his his mom kind of did and that relationship between him and Dame when Dame was in jail. Um, and, of course, he's mad at his mom, but, like, it's over now. He, he just has to forgive her. It's it's not going to do him any good to hold it against her. This movie missed an opportunity here, and I feel like they could she could have been like, I held his letters. 
because his father beat Apollo in the ring one time. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been good, yeah. All these generational feuds. So they mentioned early in the movie that she had a stroke and they're worried about her getting another one. So guess what happens? She gets another stroke. <gasps> and there's the you know, the sweet scene when she is kind of in her final moments and again I thought this was very indicative of sort of the passing of the torch of this franchise because she is looking at her son but she's clearly talking to Apollo and how she felt when he left her and how much she loves her son and, you know, all that kind of stuff, legacy stuff. And this is it. This is like our last connection to that previous generation, right? Apollo has been gone since Rocky Four. Sorry if you haven't seen Rocky Four. <laughs> Damn it, you've ruined the movie for me. Imagine um, not seeing Rocky Four and then seeing Creed, the Creed movies and being like, wait, Apollo died? <laughs> Pretty sure that's apparent from the Chris. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thought he just retired to Florida or something. <laughs> yeah, well, he's gone. Marianne is now gone. Rocky isn't dead, I'm assuming, but he is—he's out of the picture. So this is it. They are the leading generation now. Uh, the training montage. I gotta say, for as good a movie this is, thought the training montage was fine. There's some, I've seen too many training montages. It's it, that was probably just like it was dra- dragging along at that point. Hey, can we not punch trees, please? <laughs> like pull as many planes with your back as you want. Don't punch a tree. <laughs> it's rude. That's not good for the environment. No, it's well, not. I'm sure. You know we're gonna get more tree punching in like a month. Not even when, whenever John Wick Four comes out. Is he going to be punching he trees? Punch trees? Doesn't he punch a tree in the trailer? I could not recall I, that. If... I don't remember that. He might. I think he Is does. He's just like walking up to the tree and he's bam. <laughs> I'm, I don't I'm fairly that. certain he does. It's incredible that your brain <laughs> would record that information. John Wick is a movie franchise where the tree might be an assassin because everyone else in the universe is. Well, I've heard it's nearly three hours long, so they're probably just like trying to fill the time. Like, ah, what else can he fight? Not only three hours long, they had to cut dialogue to keep the pace fast. That tree's going to kill you. Maybe not. (laughs) Maybe not. And then it turns out it's not a tree. It's 56 children who are sitting on top of each other's shoulders. But they're but they're all assassins. So they have yeah. little knives. <laughs> he like wanders into a daycare center, and all the kids are like get texts that John makes. Them. <laughs> he has to beat him up, and then everyone's like, the "What the hell are you doing?" Winston's like, "John, don't do that, John. You're gonna be excommunicado." <laughs> Would you guys care if John Wick 4 ended with a child just taking out John and the series is over? (laughs) I'd be hooing and hollering. That would be good. Let's get that done. All right. uh, The training montage in Creed 3 ends with Donnie on top of the Hollywood sign. Felt a little symbolic. 
for me. Uh, in this what was the name he used in the original one? Hollywood something? Hollywood Jones or something? I do not remember. It's a good Johnson. question. Wasn't his last Hollywood name Johnson? Johnson? Is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was Hollywood Johnson. Perhaps, yeah. Uh, and then this very, I would say, operatic final fight between Donnie and Dame. You know, it's it's them fighting their past. We get this moment where they're both in their corners sitting and they they see the past visions of themselves, right? They're 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 trying to fight their past, but also they're remembering who they were, right? So maybe even as the fight is going on, something is settling between them, you know, kind of like a uh searching for Bobby Fisher moment at the end. Won't get into that. Love that movie. And then when the audience disappears, Matt, you like that, right? Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, it was a nice visual flair, plus it kind of I, it goes into why I appreciated a lot of the fight choreography because I thought it was very fresh and unique. And it like it, it was kind of funny because I I know there was like the articles or whatever saying that some of the fight choreography was inspired by anime and i thought that was like i was just wondering how that would work and like how that would look in live action and that's pretty much how i pictured it like if someone were to describe to me like oh this fight was inspired by an anime fight that's pretty much what i would have pictured yeah especially in the beginning when we get like the you know the fast motion interrupted by like those those real slow close-ups of like him punching the guy's gut yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Not nearly as goofy as I would have expected, so that's good. I was expecting like <laughs> a, an inner monologue where he's like, I am beating him, and then the guy gets up and it zooms in on his eyes, and he's like, oh, how can it be? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's that's a good preposterous. point. <laughs> Maybe it's not preposterous. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. And then it would like cut to Tessa Thompson zooming her eyes. Oh my God, he's using the power of friendship against him. <laughs> you can, you can't fight him. His power is over nine thousand. All right, all right, we're done. Moving on. Yeah, I thought the style was unique but grounded. So mm-hmm. I like that. It, it kept everything again. You know, there's what three fights in this at least uh and it kept each one you know had had its own style which i liked and then the daughter fights in the end so matt like you said i guess they answer that question she's just gonna fight there's no discussion of like hey there are other ways to communicate your feet like nothing like that no you it's punch. just punching is good <laughs> punch everyone that's what thor taught us yeah that's true uh, you you know, when I went on my rant during that episode, you guys had no idea what I was talking about. I knew what you were talking about. I got blanks. I, I, blanks. I disagree. Vi- violence is the only answer. You start punching anytime it <laughs> remotely hard. You just start throwing punches. Yeah. No, it is a very good movie. And I, Michael B. Jordan, I consider it a great success for his, his directing um, and I'm very curious as to what kinds of stories he's going to be interested in telling. You know, it's I, hopefully he gets to work on projects that he wants to work on. 
doesn't always happen, unfortunately. But if he gets his choice, I'm very curious to see what he's going to do. And I'll be there on opening day. Let's give him Black Panther 3. Let Ryan Coogler do something else. Let's I, I, no, I don't want like do something else, Michael B. Let's end the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, instead. <laughs> no, I d- please stop taking every good director and then just throwing them on a Marvel project. Marvel, please, please stop. It doesn't work out. A few times it works out. We'll talk about James Gunn and how that has worked for him, which it has. Um, any final thoughts on Creed Three? I was very disappointed that it wasn't a Creed um, live and tour movie, which is what I was expecting. I was sitting in my theater like, well, I just heard the news. <laughs> I will respect you ten times more if you can name a Creed album right now. Uh, Creed 2. Is that really an album? <laughs> it might be. I don't know. There's, That's the only Creed lyrics I know. I use the only ones I knew. There's the one with like the guy like sticking out of the sand yeah, holding the arm something out. up. <laughs> That's Human Clay. I've seen that album Human cover. Clay, yes. Human Clay, okay. I've seen that album cover. So Human Clay is their second album, so there's no Creed 2. Creed 2. No. <laughs> Did Creed... O- they only put out four studio albums? Is that correct? Oh. That's, huh. that's sad. I would have thought There's almost more. as many movies as there are Creed albums. <laughs> yeah, just one more and they'll have tied them up. That's that's Michael B. Jordan's goal. He's like, we're gonna make, we're gonna keep making these till we beat Creed. <laughs> Creed four dot dot with arms wide open. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts on the movie? No, I'm good. Okay. So, if you, the listener, have any thoughts on the movie, you can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ScreensaversPod, and our Facebook is Silver Screen Savers Podcast. Matt, where can you be found online? You can find me at MattyXSturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Tyler. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tyler Sutkus and on Letterboxd at Tyler96. Well, thank you all so much for being with us. We'll see you next time. Stay down to bone. R.I.P. Apollo Creed. Silver Screen Savers podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallett, Tyler Sutkus, and Matt Sturdivant, with additional editing by Matt Sturdivant, intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay, logo design by Nathan Seidel. 